All right, uh, you guys doing good? Yeah? Good. All right, well, hey, we're, uh, we're continuing our series called Called tonight, and uh, we're going to talk, uh, we've been talking about the things that God calls us to, right? We've been ta- think, talking about um, the, the five things, right? We, talk, we call them purposes, um, or, uh, or we call them house rules, right, here in student ministries. If you haven't gotten those uh, bookmarks yet with all the house rules on them, Make sure you grab those because it's a good way to be reminded of what the house rules are. Um, and so we've been talking about these are the things that God calls us to, the things that he calls us, uh, the ways that he calls us to live. And so tonight we're going to continue that by talking um, about discipleship. And discipleship, when I think of the idea of discipleship, um, on your outline, look to learn is the house rule. Um, and uh, when I think about discipleship, I think about like following or followers, okay? How many of you guys uh, like, like do whatever you can to get as many followers as you can on like social media? Anyone? No one's going to admit it, right? But how many of you guys have ever like done like the hashtag things or like the, come on, you got to raise your hand a little higher than that. Anyone? Yeah, there we go. Okay. I know that a lot of us probably don't want to admit it, but we've probably done it, right? But, but I really think that our culture, like us, like we're really obsessed with followers, this idea of followers, Right? You probably don't want to admit it. It's probably like, oh, I'm not, but everyone else is, right? But we know you are too. Like, you look how many people are following you, or you th- if someone follows you, you go on right away because you want to know who it is, and you stalk them, and then you look, and then you go see who they're following, and then who they're following, and then all of a sudden you're like 30 minutes into like 50 people, and you're like swiping back, figuring out who, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? You know exactly what I'm saying because you're laughing right now, right? Like, you're stalking people, you're following, right? You're following new people, figuring out how do I get more. Followers. Did you guys know that there's a, there's a thing uh, called ghost followers? You guys know what that is? Yeah? I didn't know that until today. Apparently, there's people, there's, there's people who create these ghost followers. There's also companies who, like, their job is to create these ghost followers, okay? And a ghost follower is basically just a, an account that, like, doesn't have any pictures, doesn't have any... Uh, they don't like any pictures, they don't comment on it, like they don't do anything, they're just an account, like just there. And so uh, these companies will literally make these ghost followers, and then people will pay these companies to have like their ghost followers follow them. I'm not even joking, I looked this up, look it up later, ghost followers, all right, see if you can find, if you can buy some and make some people follow you. I'm not even kidding, like you can pay these companies money, like people do this, like big time influencers on like Instagram or Twitter or whatever, like they pay people to say, hey, I want you to take your, like 50 of your ghost followers, I'm going to pay you like uh, $200, and I want 50 of your ghost followers to follow me so that I can have pe- more people follow me. Am I, does it sound like something you guys want to do? No? Yeah, it does. Most of you want to do that, right? Most of you would want to gain more followers, but what do we do? We gain more followers, and then we, we try to follow certain people so that we see, oh, we're, they're following that person, so maybe I'll follow them, and, and that makes us get more popular, that makes us get more noticed, right? And then all of a sudden when we start following bigger and bigger people, what do we do? We want to become like those people. How many of you guys follow celebrities on Instagram? Anyone? Yeah? Anyone like start dressing like or acting like those celebrities or something? Yeah? Yeah? I like really want to buy The Rock's uh, like stuff on Instagram just because I started following him, right? Like I really want to, but it's so expensive. Like he's got like $200 shoes that I want just because it's The Rock, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, the Kevin Hart, the little dog. What is it? Yeah, little. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you haven't seen that, you should go watch. It's pretty funny. 
Um, but yeah, so like we, we follow these people and all of a sudden we want to become like these people and we want to do everything we can to become like them. And I'm convinced that the reason that our, our culture, that we're so obsessed with followers and following is because we're actually called and created to follow. That, that us as human beings, we're created, we're made to follow. I'm convinced that this is why we're so obsessed with this. And tonight, I want, us to see, I want us to see this idea by talking about the idea of discipleship, okay? You've been called to discipleship. And tonight, I want to uh, do two things. I want to define what discipleship is for you. First, we're going to do that first. Define what it is. Define what the discipleship is that we're talking about. And then we're going to talk about how we live that out, okay? Sound good? Those are two things. Define it, and then we'll talk about how to live it out. And I'm going to mention a bunch of different uh, passages, and we're going to go through different things, but... But the one place that I want us to be in that we're going to kind of uh, like go back and forth in is in Luke chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 6, all right? And there's 10 verses that we're going to look at, and we're going to kind of break them up and, and look at them. But, but in, the, in, this ch- in this chapter, Luke chapter 6, Jesus is talking to some people who wanted to follow him, okay? This was like a crowd of people, like, it could, like his disciples were probably there, but more people too. And, and Jesus is talking to these people, and he gives these, in these 10 verses, he gives an idea of what it looks like to follow him, and what this, this discipleship thing looks like, okay? And so we're going to start in verse 39. I told you Luke chapter 6. We're starting verse 39. It'll be on the screen too. It's on your outlines, um, but, uh, but I'm going to read it. We're going to read the verse, first two verses first. That was confusing. We're going to read the very, the first two verses. You get the point. All right, 39 and 40. Here we go. He also told them a parable. Can the blind guide the blind? Won't they both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Now you got your outlines, you have your Bibles. I want you to underline, highlight that part where it says, will be like his teacher. Will be like his teacher. If you can do it in your Bible, you can do it on your outlines, whatever, but will be like his teacher. Because this, this is what discipleship means. Discipleship means becoming like Jesus. The kind of discipleship that we're talking about, the kind of discipleship that, that I want to talk to you about tonight is becoming like Jesus. That's your first fill-in is discipleship means becoming like Jesus. Discipleship means becoming like Jesus. And the truth is, is that, that all of us are disciples. Whether you know Jesus or not, whether you follow him or not, you are a disciple. All of us are disciples. Disciple doesn't mean that it's your follower of Jesus, okay? A dis- discipleship, like you can be a disciple of, of things or of the world or of people. Like you can be a disciple of your teacher. You can be a disciple of, of like a, a famous baseball player. Like you can be a disciple of different things. But the kind of discipleship I want us to talk about is becoming like Jesus. And a disciple, like I said before, is a follower, but it's more than that. See, discipleship takes it a step further. A follower, a follower just follows, but a disciple becomes. A follower follows, but a disciple becomes. A disciple becomes like the thing they're following. A discipleship takes this a step further. And so a disciple be, is the discipleship we're talking about is becoming like Jesus. That's how I want us to think of it. That's how I want us 
um, to, to define it tonight, all right? We can choose to be guided by different things or, or uh, by the world, right? We can be choose to be disciples of the world. But this is what Jesus is talking about, right? It, it, he says, can the blind lead the blind? And he says, no, they're, they're going to fall. They're both going to fall into a pit. And so what he says is when, when, we, when we are led by, by things of the world, when we're led by things that are blind, we're going to fall into destruction. And then he says, we have, if, we, if we want to follow him, we must become more like him. And so following him is going to become more like him. If, if we want to talk about becoming like someone, we kind of have to put in some work to become someone, become like someone, right? Like if we want to become like some famous baseball player, right? Like I don't even, I can't even name a famous uh, baseball player right now. Give me one. George Springer, that's the only one I heard. Uh, I don't know who that is or who he plays for, but say we want to become like George Springer. I don't know anything about him. So I'm going to go out, I'm going to go figure out what he likes. I'm going to go figure out what he does. I'm going to go figure out how to swing like him, right? Like if I want to become like him, I got to put in the work to get more like him, right? Like I got to do the things to get more like him. If I want to be more like Batman, what do I have to do, right? Like I got to become a millionaire somehow and learn to get beat up, right? Like you get the point, right? So we have to put in the work to do it. And that's your second part is we have to own our growth. Own your growth. That's your next villain. Own your growth. Man, what it comes down to is that a lot of us are just lazy. A lot of us are just lazy. And so what it comes down to owning your growth, man, it's about not being lazy, but choosing to take the steps needed. So in Hebrews, uh, this is on your outline too, uh, in Hebrews chapter 5, it talks about this, okay? And, uh, and, and the writer of Hebrews is, is in, we're going to read verses 11 through 13, but before this, they're talking about Jesus, okay? They're just saying, like, hey, look, this is who Jesus is, this is how great he is, this is what he's about, this is who, what he's done for us, like, this is, this, like, you can go back and read it before, okay, he's talking about Jesus, That's, he's talking about who Jesus is. And then in verse 11, it picks up and he says, listen, we have a great deal to say about this. But he says, but it's difficult to explain since you have become what? Too lazy to understand. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. He says you need milk, not solid food. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he's an infant. But solid food is for the mature. For those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. I love this passage because he says, you've become too what? We just read it. Let's try that again. You've become too what? Lazy. You've become too lazy to understand. I'm convinced that a lot of us in here are too lazy and we don't own our growth. We've become lazy in our growth and, and because of it, we feel stuck. Because of it, we're not moving, right? The, the things you need to do to grow, you're choosing not to do, and it's causing you to be stuck in immaturity, right? Like, like I know a lot of us in here probably have, like if we raised our hand, a lot of us have probably felt stuck before. Man, but a lot of the times, the reason we feel stuck is because we're just lazy. We don't want to take the step forward. 
Right? Let's think about, let's go back to, he, he said babies. He talked about infants and, and he talked about milk and solid food, right? Babies need milk. You guys get that? Babies need milk. And, and if you think about it, if you, what if your parents never taught you how to eat solid food? Yeah, you'd still be drinking milk. Like you'd still be relying on someone else for milk. I mean, it'd be free milk, but it, that's disgusting, right? Like you don't want that. So like you're, 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 if you never learned how to eat solid food, Come on, you guys can laugh a little bit. Come on, seriously. Uh, if you guys, good, I'm glad. If you guys, if you never learned how to eat solid food and, and stop drinking milk, man, you would never get to experience the freedom of like eating good pizza, right? Like, or, or like a really good hamburger, right? Or like drink, like you could never, you never would know, man, what that tastes like because you couldn't chew, you couldn't figure out, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, could, you wouldn't be able to experience that freedom if you didn't take the step away from drinking milk, right? So many of us are so lazy and we're stuck back here when, man, there's so much freedom to be experienced by just taking a step forward. Man, it's, it's hard and it can be uncomfortable, but when we take that step, there's so much freedom to be experienced and so much good, right? I mean, it would suck to not be able to eat pizza, yeah, right? Or think about whatever your favorite food is. Man, we, we haven't, it's, it's because we haven't walked in the little things in order to experience the, the freedom of the bigger things. Man, there, there might be some of us in here, there might be some of us in here who, who have been in small groups for years, right? We've, we've come to service, we've been in small groups for years. Maybe we've grown up in church, right? And, and we sat in, in countless services. We've done like, we've done this thing over and over and over and over again, and, and, and we show up every week, and we're here, and we listen, and we answer the questions, and, and we give the like classic answers, like they ask the question, and we're like, yeah, Jesus. We're like, Jesus has to be an answer because we're at church, right? Or, or read your Bible because it has to be, right? Or, or pray, or like those, that, those are the things we say just because we're like, oh, those got to be the answer, right? But we don't move. We don't move because we don't put in the work to move. We don't own our growth. We're not willing to get open and vulnerable and honest. And that's when you move. We're stuck because we're relying on someone else. We're relying on others to grow. And, and, and that can get you to a certain point, but it can only get you so far. At some point, you had to stop relying on your mom for milk, right? I hope none of us in here still do, okay? Because if you do, we got a different problem. We got to talk later, all right? But, but, I, but you see, like at some point, we had to stop. At some point, we're going to have to stop relying on people to push us, and we're going to have to take that step on our own. Guys, a lot of us in here, like, like seniors in here, man, you guys are going to graduate high school, and you might go off to college somewhere else. You're going to have to choose where you're going to go to church. You're going to have to make that step on your own. And I know I'm talking to seniors, but freshmen, what, you can do things now to prepare for that. The steps you take now will prepare you for that later. And so what are you going to do to own your growth? And man, how can you start opening your Bible on your own? How can, you, how can you start actually asking the questions that you're wondering, that it's going through? Because I know every single one of us in here, we all have questions. We all wonder. We hear something, we're like, that didn't really make sense. Or, or I don't really know if God does that, or I don't really know this. And I know we have questions, but we're afraid to ask the questions. And so we just think, nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until someone like pries them out of me. What is that? That's, that's called laziness. That's called being passive. 
That's why you're stuck. If you want to grow, you have to move. And at some point, you have to own your growth. So part of owning your growth is being, being willing to walk in, into the uncomfortable and, and being willing to, to move forward even when it costs you. And so that's your next that's your next feeling is that discipleship will cost you. Discipleship will cost you. We're going to pick it back up in Luke chapter 6. If you've got your Bibles, you put them to the side. Uh, you can look back there. We're going to pick it back up the next verse after. Made a cool echo sound. Um, verse 41. So we just read 39 and 40. Jesus says, hey, can the blind lead the blind? And he says, look, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to become like me, right? So verse 41. Here's what he says. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out that splinter that is in your eye when, 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 uh, when you yourself don't see the beam of wood in your own? Hypocrite, he says. First, take the beam of wood out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the splinter in your brother's eye. Now, here's what I think Jesus is saying when it comes to discipleship. He's saying, look, if you want to grow, if you want to become more like me, not me, Jesus, if you want to become more like me, man, you got to do some thinking about yourself. You have to take a look at yourself before you can go and before you can grow. You have to stop looking at other people. Guys, it's so easy. It's so much easier to look at other people and say, yeah, they should do this and they should do that and I know that they've got to take these steps and I know that they've got to get better in these areas and I know that I know this and this and they, 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 right? It's so easy. Man, but it's harder to look at ourselves. Man, I'm guilty of this. I've, I've seen, honestly, I've seen you guys guilty of this, right? Like when, when, we, when our small group leader asks a question, what's the first thing you want to say? Oh, they should do this, or they, like, like we're talking about, maybe we might even be talking about ourselves, but we don't even want to say I, we want to say them. Like they should do this, and, and they should do that, and, and they should change this, and, and, and this is how they should live, but, but we're not asking about them. We don't even know who them are. You're just making some random person up. No, I'm asking about you. What can you do? Man, this question, this is about you, not them. How can you walk forward? What do you need to leave behind? What's that beam of wood that you're holding on to that you need to let go and walk forward? Man, this isn't, this isn't easy. It's not easy to see that thing. It's not easy to understand it. And, and so a lot of us avoid it. But we can't, we can't point other people's problems out without dealing with our own. So maybe, maybe it's, it's that sin or that addiction that you keep going back to, right? The thing, the thing that, that you feel most comfortable with, the walking outside of your comfort zone, right? Maybe it's your image or your status. We have to be willing to leave those things behind in order to walk forward. And so what do you need to do? Guys, let me just, I'll just be honest with you for a second about myself. It's hard for me to do this. Every time that I come up here and I, and I teach and I tell you, talk to you guys about these things, and every time I go and I talk to someone about, hey, we should do this, and this is how you should live, and this is, it's so easy for me to just come up here and just be like, hey, you should go do this and go do that and go and, and give commands and say, hey, you should do this. And, and it's so easy for me to see what you should do. But I have to take a second, every time, 
Every time I write a message, every time I, I, I think about what I'm going to say to someone, every time I have to stop and think, the thing that I'm going to tell them to do, am I willing to do myself? And I have to stop and think, man, if, if I'm not, then I need to move. I need to either not say anything to them. I can't. Or I need to go and do it. Guys, and, and, and it's hard and it's challenging. Man, but this is where I grow the most. And I'm convinced that you would too. And so stop looking at your friend, your neighbor, those people that are way out there, man, and stop, start thinking about what you need to leave behind in order to move forward. Jesus says it this way later on in Luke 9. He says, then he, uh, says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. So Jesus says, look, if, if you want to follow me, you got to give up your own way. Is that, is that easy to do? No. It costs us. That costs us something. But can I just tell you that in the end, it's so much better. And he says, listen, if you want to follow me, you got to take up your cross daily. And for us, we might see that and we might think, okay, yeah, like I kind of know what he's talking about. Like he died on the cross, like, right? Like we might be able to put together. But if we think about when Jesus said this, like they, they didn't know, like Jesus didn't die at this time. The pe- if we put our shoes, in, if, our, if we put our shoes, if we put ourselves in those people's shoes, right? And think about how, what they were thinking. Like they just saw the cross as this like death trap, like torture and, and, and really terrible way to die. And so for Jesus to just be like, hey, take up your cross. They're like, wait, what? Like, that's like the, the cross is like for the worst criminals. But what Jesus is saying, he's saying, listen, put to death your sinful ways. Put to death your ways so that you can follow me in my ways and the way that I've called you to live. This is what discipleship looks like. Change always follows cost. Change always follows cost. There's a few things I want to... To, uh, tell you about to show you how this happens. Change always follows cost, all right? So uh, if you want to become like a big bodybuilder, if you want to become like, uh, if you want to like just get really jacked and big, like like someone, right? Like if you want to become big, what, what are you going to do? Work out, right? You're going to go to the gym, you're going to lift, right? So did you know that if you're lifting, okay? So like say you're at the gym, you're lifting, right? Uh, did you know that the way you get bigger is actually by tearing muscle, so when you like lift weights, so if I'm like, like, I don't know, curling or something, right? Like if I'm doing this and, and if I want to get bigger, like I, as I'm doing this, like I'm tearing muscles in my biceps, okay? But this is how it happens. This is why we get sore. And then when I go rest, my body like fixes it and puts it back. I don't know how it works. I'm not a scientist, but like I just kind of know this, like, right? Like they just put it back together and this is how you build muscle and this is how you get stronger and this is how you get bigger, you see what I'm saying? Like, you have to tear, it costs you something in order to grow, okay? But think about it like this. This is where the table comes in, all right, and the lemons. All right, so uh, if you've heard the, you've heard the saying, right, if when life give you, gives you lemons, what? I didn't understand what you just said. When life gives you lemons, what? Make lemonade. All right, so when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So we're going to try to figure out uh, how to make some lemonade, all right? So I got some lemons in here. Yeah, we don't have any of that stuff. We're just going to make some pure lemonade. All right, I've never used one of the things. Have you guys used one of these? Yeah. Yeah? Never have. So we're going to try it. Uh, it's probably going to make a mess, but that's okay. Using what? Your, yeah, you're right. Kind of getting like a, 
work out, I guess. So, uh, so I'm going to squeeze this thing, right? And it's going to, and what's going to happen? Juice is going to come out, right? And then someone's going to drink it. So I squeeze this, I push it, I like make, put pressure on it. There you go. Yeah. Right. And there's some good like lemon juice, right? So if I push hard and I press and I'm, and I'm pressing hard and harder and I do another one maybe, right? Let's take this tag out of here. What's, hap- what's happening, though? What am I creating? Lemon juice, right? I'm creating, what, is this a problem? Am I getting a mess? I'm creating lemon juice, right? Uh, but but here's, here's what I think about, okay? Here's what I think about. Man, I think that sometimes we, have, we are like this lemon. We start out good and we start out great and, oh my gosh, look at that, it's crushed, Right? But sometimes, man, life hits us, and, and life is hard, and we got to walk into some uncomfortable things. We, we have to walk into some things that, that make us so uncomfortable and, and, and things that are so difficult. And we start to feel the pressure, right? We start to feel, feel the pressure of walking with Jesus and becoming like him. That's not what I meant to do, right? i got to do it with two hands. And we start to feel like this pressure coming down on us. And it hurts, and it's hard, and it costs us something, right? And it costs us, and it's difficult, and it's hard. Later. I'll drink it later. We'll drink it later. Here's the point. Here's the point. I did that for a reason. Listen. Listen. Man, we start to feel the pressure of things pushing in on us. We, We feel the weight of our sin. We feel the weight of, of maybe a lost loved one. Man, we feel pressure of, of difficult circumstances. We might be challenged in the way that we're living and challenged to move forward and live differently. We feel the pressure of, of, of trying, to be, trying to live like Jesus. And we feel like we're being pressed and crushed and it's difficult and it's hard and it costs us. And we feel the pressure of, of, of like not living like the world or not living like our friends do or not making decisions like they, like they do. And we feel this pressure coming down on top of us. But then as that pressure, as we continue to walk, then something new comes from it. And we create lemonade, right? This is not great lemonade, but we create lemonade. We add some water and a little bit of sugar, it'd probably be great, right? I'm not going to drink it because it's really gross. Here's my point. Listen, shh, shh, shh. And these things are difficult. It can cost us. Discipleship does cost us something. And when we feel that weight, when we feel that pressure, God is up to something. And he's doing something in your life and he's going to produce something new. As we feel that weight, as we, as we feel that pressure, he's creating something New. We might start with something like a lemon, something decent, something kind of good. Then we get something even greater, something we could have never imagined, and something better than before. This is what discipleship is. We learn, we grow, and we become new when we're pressed and crushed. This is what we're called to. And God, this is what God wants to do in our heart. Ezekiel says this, Ezekiel 36. It's not on your outline. You can write it down and look it up later. Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. And he says, I'll I'll take out your stony and stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. 
I don't know about you, but taking someone's heart out doesn't sound very pleasant, right? Like the whole Indiana Jones thing, stick their hand in their, you know what I'm talking about? You guys seen Indiana Jones? No? Okay, well, go watch it, okay? So I, that doesn't sound, obviously they're not talking literally, but, but, but this is hard work. It costs us something. And he says, listen, I want to give you something new, a tender and responsive heart. And he says, I'll put my spirit in you so that you know, so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. So he says, listen, I'm, I'm going to shape your heart, give you something new. And he says, he'll give us his spirit so that we can walk in obedience. Which, which brings us to the, to the next point is that growth requires obedience. Growth requires obedience. Guys, this doesn't just happen overnight. Man, man if, we, if we want to grow, if we want to learn, we have to be obedient with where we are now. I mean, I mean think about like, like uh, Tom Brady, okay? Tom Brady's like, he's kind of annoying because he's still playing and he needs to retire, right? But, but, like, but he's really good, right? Would you guys agree that if you hate him or like him, he's really good, right? Yes, we agree, okay? He's really good. But do you think Tom Brady got to the point that he got with, by just like, not, not doing, not training, like, like just one day showed up and was like, I'm just going to throw the football and like, we're just going to see what happens. Do you think that's how he got there? No, no. He was obedient in the small things. He was obedient to his training, to, to, the, to, the, to the workouts and, and, and to the meal plans and to the, the probably gross meal plans, to be honest, right? Like, like he's, he was obedient in the small things so that he could become great in the end to get to where he was. Don't be like Tom Brady, but you get the point, right? We so badly, we look at people like this and we say, man, I, I want to be there. I want to be up there. Man, I want to do that. Gosh, I just want to be there already. And we so badly just want to take shortcuts, right? This is why ghost followers is a thing. Because they want to take shortcuts to get bigger, right? This is why like, the, like when we want to lose weight, we look for like shortcut diet plans or shortcut workout, right? Like, like this is what, I, like we look for the best way, the easiest way, like the thing that doesn't cost us. But when it costs us something, that's when we grow the most. And when we're obedient in those things, that's when we grow the most. When we're obedient when it's difficult, and that's where we grow. A lot of us in here would agree that reading your Bible is pretty important, right? A lot of us would agree, yeah? Man, but when it comes down to like putting in the time of, of doing it, a lot of us, man, we've got a lot of excuses, right? We give up because we're tired. We don't do it because it's hard or it's hard to understand. It's a little bit uncomfortable. I don't really have time for that. The truth is, man, you've got five minutes in your day to spare, to be obedient in those five minutes. Gosh, can I just tell you, being obedient in those five minutes will change your life. Because as soon as you start to be obedient in those five minutes, those five minutes will turn into 10 minutes and then the 10 minutes will turn into an hour and then, and then suddenly, man, that's, that's all you want to do and you can't, you, you have to do it every single morning and it becomes something that you use to grow. And so be obedient in the small things. So many of us, we just want to be like, man, I, I want to read my Bible for like two hours a day and I have to do that every day. But then when we miss a day, we feel like, oh, what's the point? No, be obedient for those five minutes. Be obedient in the small things, even when it's hard, even when it costs you. 
and you will grow. In Hebrews uh, chapter 4, the, the writer of Hebrews talks about, um, this isn't on your outline, but just going to tell you about it. In Hebrews chapter 4, the writer talks about the Israelite people, okay? And you guys know, uh, in the, some of you might know the, old, the story in the Old Testament where the Israelites, they're wandering in the desert, right? And, and they're, they're, God tells them, hey, I gave you uh, this promised land. You guys remember what I'm talking about? Hey, I gave you this promised land to enter. Okay, and I gave you this promised land to enter, but then there's a point where the Israelite people are disobedient. And because they're disobedient, they can't go into the promised land. God says, nope, you're going to have to wait a few more years, and, and then you can get into the promised land. The writer of Hebrews describes this promised land, and he uses this idea of a promised land, and, he says, and, he, and instead of saying promised land, he says God's rest. Because that's, that's what we enter today is God's rest. And so in, verse, in chapter 4, verse 6, you can go back and read it, read it later. He says, they, didn't, they did not enter into God's rest, into the promised land, because of disobedience. Because of disobedience, they could not enter God's rest. And then in Hebrews 4, uh, verse 11, he says, let us, make, let us make every effort to enter that rest. Let us make every effort That's the steps that we take, even when it's hard. That's the owning your growth part. Let us make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. He says, listen, if you want to enter his rest, you have to obey. My point is this, that discipleship will cost us and it will require obedience, but when we're obedient, when it's hard, we will find rest. And that's your last point. I know you already saw it on the screen, but the discipleship produces rest. Discipleship produces rest. And when we choose to live into his calling for our lives, which is discipleship, we find rest. Because this is what we're created for. This is what we're created for. And don't get me wrong, like there's never going to be a point, okay? There's never going to be a point where you're going to say, I'm done learning, right? Like I'm done with discipleship. Like I don't have to learn. I learned all I can know about God. Like there's never going to be a point where you're here on earth where you say that. I'll tell you that right now. One of my old mentors used to say, you never graduate Jesus school, okay? Because you'll always be learning about who Jesus is. You'll always be learning more about, and that's the great, that's like how good God is, right? But listen, the closer you get to God, the closer you get to living the way he's made you to live, the more we experience his rest. That last part in Luke 6, I told you that's where we're going to be, and we're going to finish the last few verses right now. Luke 6. In verse 46, Jesus talks about this, and and we're going to talk about rest, and then we'll be done. But he says this in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and uh, and don't do the things I say? He says, I'll show you what someone who is like when he comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. That's what discipleship is. He says he's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against the house and and it couldn't shake it because it was what? Well built. But the man who hears and does not act is like a man who is built on 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 the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it and immediately it collapsed. And the destruction of that house was great. And so Jesus uses this idea of two houses. And there's two houses, right? One built on rock and, and one that doesn't have a foundation. So let's just say sand. In some other translation, some other, uh, in Matthew, he says sand, okay? So let's just say sand. So, so the rock one stands firm. When the water comes, the rock stands firm because it's built on a solid foundation. 
But let's say you were going to go out and build a house and you decided that you were going to go and, and build it on sand. With, you weren't going to dig down. Like you were just going to build it straight on sand. The waves come up and what happens? It takes the sand under and you collapse, right? Because there's no foundation. Now let's, let's put ourselves in that story for a minute. Let's imagine that you're living in that house on sand. Imagine that you built the house and now you're living on it. It's not going to last long, but let's imagine that you're living in it. Now, it, becomes, it comes to nighttime, right? And you're going to go to bed. But, but all of a sudden, you hear the tide come up. And what happens? You're freaking out because you're like, the waves are going to come up and they're going to take my house away, right? And so you're figuring out, what am I going to do to save my house? And you're running back and forth. And are you resting? No, because you're trying to gain control. You're doing whatever you can to not let your, not let your house collapse. And you're not resting. But when you're built on a solid foundation, that's where you find rest. You don't have to run around and figure out, man, if the water comes, is my house going to collapse? Because you know that you're built on a house that won't. This is what it means to live to the way, to live the way we're called to live, to live the way we're made to live. And when we choose to live the way we're called to, we can find rest knowing we're living the right way. That when hard things come and we're built on a solid foundation, so many of us are running around trying to gain back control. And God says, just, just give me control. Let go. Because he says, that's where your solid foundation is. Right? We can think about things that, that, that we use that that, that we use, that, that aren't made to use the way. So I think about like, uh, like when I was a kid, one of my brothers decided, I won't say who, decided to put a penny in the Wii that we had, um, okay? And uh, decided that, uh, I don't know why, but decided that like, like, I don't know, maybe it would like give me some different kind of game or um, like I could play a game with like pennies and somehow money was shooting. I have no idea what was talking what are you thinking? But he thought, like, for some reason, if I just put this penny, like, in the game slot, like, something different will happen, right? And so he put the penny in the Wii, and how well do you think that worked? Not, right? It didn't work. In fact, the, the Wii, like, ended up having to work harder and harder and harder, and it ended up breaking. Why did it break? Because it wasn't working the way it was made to work. And so we work so hard, and we figure out, man, how, how do I do this on my own? How do I gain control? But the reality is, is we're called to live a certain way. And when we live that way, we find rest. It's not easy, it's, it's difficult, and it's hard, but this is what he's designed for us. So let's review and then we'll worship, all right? Jesus says this in, 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 this, in this, these 10 verses. These 10 verses, number one, he says, become, the right, become like the right person. Don't follow the blind, but become like the right person. And number two, he says, get rid of your plank. What do you need to leave behind in order to move forward? And then number three, he says, follow me and find rest. Discipleship is becoming like Jesus. Man, we have to stop being lazy. We have to choose to own our growth. I challenge you tonight to, to brainstorm in your small group. Man, what are some ways that you can own your growth? Discipleship is going to cost us, but when we're obedient when it's hard, that's when we'll grow the most. And when we grow and become more like him, we'll find rest. All right? So let's choose to walk in discipleship. Let's choose to, 
to live that out tonight. Let's pray, and then, uh, and then band's going to come up, and we're going to worship some more. God, thank you so much uh, just for the fact that we, get to, that we get to experience discipleship with you. Jesus, that, that, that we get to learn what it means to be more like you. Thank you for the example of what it looks like to, to live the way we're made to live. I pray that you would challenge us, that you would change our hearts, that you would use difficult things and, and difficult situations and circumstances to, to, to change and shape and mold our hearts to be more like yours. God, would you uh, bless conversation tonight? God, would you give us your wisdom, um, the way that you want us to live? Jesus, we praise you for all these things. In your name, amen.